Hi, I'm Val Hart, the real Dr. Doolittle, and today we have a little different show for you. Um, I actually met Kathy Rivers of BigHorseDreams.com at an, a recent event, and we got to talking, and she had some great questions for me. And what we decided to do is go ahead and record our, our discussion. So welcome, Kathy. Oh, hi, Val. Thanks so much. It's going to be so much fun. It is, it is. So you want to tell the audience a bit more about um, who you are and what you do? Uh, sure. And I'm Kathy Rivers. I'm the Equestrian's Confidence Coach. Okay. I specialize in helping equestrians overcome mental and emotional obstacles so they can ride like champions. Um, you know, there are many, many excellent trainers that teach equestrians the technique of riding. And technique is a must if you want to excel as a horsewoman or horseman. But riding technique without inner confidence won't get you very far. Right. Your lack of confidence is going to limit your ability to compete and win, to build deep relationships with your horse, and to have fun and safe riding experiences. Yeah. So what I do is help equestrians master the techniques of confidence. And if people want to learn more about my work and take the Equestrian's Confidence Assessment, you can just go out to my website, again, at bighorsedreams.com. Right, it's bighorsedreams.com. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yes. Great. So, you know, the, what you're doing fits so beautifully with what I do. You know, I'm, I'm an expert animal communicator or animal whisperer, I do master healing. I do holistic strategies to, with horses to increase speed, increase strength, um, and optimize the, everybody's performances so you and your equine athlete can perform your best on every ride and in every competition. It makes so much sense to me. We, we have to build our confidence. We have to you know, really learn how to partner up and be one, uh, synchronize at the heart and the mind with our horses. You know, so I really like that we both have a slightly different approach, maybe not slightly, but we have a different approach. Um, but the ultimate goal is to have a happier, healthier horse and to have a lot more fun together, don't you think? Yeah, yes, absolutely. I think our work is very complementary. And when I listen to you talk, Val, about what you do, I listen through the lens of confidence. As you help people get more in tune and be able to listen more deeply and get more clear about who they are and who their animal companion is and what the conversation is, mm -hmm. I think that's inherently confidence building. Yes. Yeah, you know, I, I think you know, what I tell people is whether you have horses or dogs or cats or other creatures, great and small, if you're a novice rider or if you're competing professionally, in my world, animal communication can help you feel more competent and more confident. And yeah. it shortens our training time, and it, it enhances our performance literally at all levels. You know I agree with this completely, and I often say that I want people to have more confidence than they have technique, and that's actually going to spur them forward faster. And see that working in your work when people really know what they're doing and, and yep. feel it at a gut level. It yes. just goes, it must go so much faster for them yes. in the animal communication world. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And part of building the confidence is being able to communicate what we really want. 
Yes. And having that channel open so our horses can tell us what they want. It, exactly. <laughs> we're a democracy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we are a democracy, and um, I hear throughout all your teachings and, and um, expressions the idea of partnership. Yeah. And I think you really are a vehicle for helping create that partnership at deeper levels. Thanks, as are you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I want to ask you some questions. All right. I think I'm ready. What do you got on your mind? Well, I want to know how you actually got started working as a professional animal communicator. Okay. You know, Kathy, I've been doing this professionally since 1993, so I've been around the block a few times. Wow. <laughs> and at this point in my career, I'm I'm really well-respected all over the world as one of the top people in my field. And I, it's this is really kind of fun. I've become known as the animal problem-solving specialist. So mm. I don't just communicate with the animals. I actually have developed a unique system. It's my own proprietary system where I solve problems. So whatever you're struggling with, you know, whether you're, you've got animals who have been to the vet ten times and we still don't know why they're sick or lame, you know, if you've got a horse refusing to jump or that's bucking you off or running away with you, you know, endangering your life or theirs, those are the kinds of things that I love solving uh, just because we can do it so quickly and so easily. You know, we don't have to spend years and we don't have to have special equipment and we don't have to have, we, have, we don't have to hold our mouth right, you know, just to, and, and pray for luck. Um, it's a, there's actually a system we can go through that can make it very simple and very easy that gets great results with any animal at any time. Oh, marvelous. So at this point, I teach and I work with people and animals all over the world. Um, but it hasn't always been this way. I, I, I don't know, you probably don't know this, not many people actually do, but when I was a teenager, I was manically depressed and I was suicidal. And I had a mare, a, a pony, that my grandfather, who was a, a cowboy, uh, had actually been a cowboy when, when he was in his, uh, like, 14 years old. He ran away from home and got a job on a ranch as a cowboy. Oh. And that was in the 1880s, if you can imagine. Oh, my. And um, when he found out that I was a horse-crazy five-year-old, um, I had fallen in love with horses, you know, I just was nuts about him. He, mm-hmm. he learned about that. He actually had a cattle ranch in uh, Oklahoma, and he searched and looked and looked, and he found a wonderful mare named Maisie. And Maisie had the key to my soul. <laughs> she, oh. she was my best friend, and you know what? She was the one that helped me survive those very difficult teenage years. You know, I would um, sneak out of the house at night and, and walk across over to the stable, you know, where we had we had her um, in a little homemade pen and and uh, outside Lake Travis, and uh, I would just hold her. I would throw my arms around her and cry into her mane, and she would just, you know, offer me comfort and some wisdom and, you know, and, and help me through. And after a little while, I would feel better. <sighs> and I would go back and sneak back into the house and, you know, and keep going another day, you know. 
Oh, what a great story. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so, you know, it. a lot of my life was pretty tough. Uh, I um, I had, I wound up um, in the uh, 1990s. Um, I had gone through college. I had um, decided that I really enjoyed um, advertising and marketing and because it was so creative, and I'm a very creative person. Um, and I thought, and I love art, and I love design, and uh, so it was it was kind of fun for me to learn about marketing. You know, it was, it was just a fascinating field, and I wound up uh, starting my own corporation doing market research. The problem with that is that I was miserable. I hated doing it. <laughs> oh. was, was probably not terribly good at it. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, my professors thought I was, and they actually were working with me at the time. But I, I knew inside that I was really miserable, mm-hmm. um, and it just didn't make my heart sing. And so I wound up closing the doors. And in that same process, in that same time frame, I had contracted Lyme disease. Oh, my goodness. I know. Uh, I was very, very ill, uh, actually dying. And, I mean, it was so severe. I was in chronic yes. pain. Um, and I was a really hard, a hard. I don't know how to say it, but I was a really a big time tomboy when I was growing up, mm. and I was a gymnast. Um, so I had a lot of misadventures. I almost broke my neck three times. It's a miracle I'm even still alive. <laughs> um, and so what I found myself, you know, in my late twenties. Um, at this point in my life, as I was getting sicker and sicker as time went on, and I was in mm. chronic, debilitating pain, and I was well on my way to being disabled. You know, I was married. I was in an abusive relationship. It was a very painful and difficult time in my life, and my business was not working. You know, so mm. it was a real dark night of the soul. I, I didn't know exactly what I was going to do. But I decided that whatever work I did for the rest of my life, however long, however much longer I had, it would have to be meaningful in some positive and world-changing way. And Good I for remember, you. Yeah, and I remembered as a child one of my prayers and one of my thoughts was that when I grow up, I want to help change the world. You know, I want to do something that makes a difference. I want to bring wisdom and uh, confidence, and um, I, I want to help make a difference here, you know, whatever time, however much time I have. And so during this dark night of my soul, I really went back to my heartfelt prayer as a child, you know, mm-hmm. and I thought, well, I don't know if I've grown up yet or not, but I know I'm getting older. <laughs> Maybe I really need to go back, you know, to that. And, uh, and so it really made sense to me to to look for something that would do that, you know, it could make that happen. So I began doing some career searching and stuff, and I was looking for what is it that brought me joy? What is yeah. it that made my heart sing? You know what? I, I didn't want work to be a four-letter bad word. You yeah. know, I wanted work to be actually play. I wanted it to, to be Absolutely. something that I, I could thrive in and, and delight in. And so one of the only areas in my life that had consistently brought me joy was being around animals and, and helping them in some way. And so I decided then and there, I was like, I'm going to do something to improve the lives of animals in whatever way I can, you know. 
And it was a decision point, a catalyst moment at a crossroads that opened up a whole new world for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, do you have a question? No, I'm just. I just have to tell you, you've given me chills. So, oh wow! What a what a lovely, what a moving story, and Thanks. what a yeah. wonderful turning point that you um, allowed yourself to step into. Amazing. Yes. I'm glad you said it that way because I think we all, at some point in our life, we hit a crossroads. Yes. You know, more than one, perhaps, uh, but some of them are major crossroads. Mm-hmm. Some some don't make a lot of difference. I don't think you know whether you go right or go left you're going to wind up kind of at the same point down the road <laughs> but, but this some of these, a biggie yeah, yeah biggie you know really biggie um and we have to pay attention you know our choices are what guide the destiny of our life you know it's, yes uh, exactly they chart our course you know um I, I one of my the quotes that i like is our destiny is shaped by our thoughts and by our actions mm-hmm we cannot direct the wind, but we can adjust the sails. Uh, lovely. Yeah. So so I adjusted the sails that day. Mm-hmm. And what happened is that it was really shortly there, right after that that it popped into my head. I don't know where it came from, but I got the idea that animals were sentient. Oh, my God, of course they are. Duh. Of course they are. <laughs> And that they could talk, they could communicate, uh-huh. that they, they are communicating, that they have important things to say. And uh, so I had, spent, I had spent about, oh, Lord, this was in 92, and I had spent at least 15 years learning how to heal myself, you know, from, mm-hmm. from all my, my pain and despair. And I had learned a lot of wonderful meditative techniques like neurolinguistic programming and, and mm-hmm. a number of other great great tools. And one day I was um I was playing with my cats actually. I know we're kind of talking about horses today, but I was actually working with my cats and they had gotten into a really bad habit of using my professional uh tenors speakers in a sound system for their scratching post. <laughs> and they were in danger of losing their life, you know, he was yes. gonna kill them. And I, I couldn't have that. So um so I looked at them both and I thought, how are we gonna solve this? And uh I just kinda downloaded or got the intuitive hit, you know, that intuitive knowing that tr- that I should try something. And so mm-hmm. I tried a meditative practice that I had learned, similar to neuro-linguistic programming. And instead of focusing inward in myself, I focused it toward the cats. Mm. And we and I just had the intention that we were going to sort this out, you know. They were very important in my life. And you know what, Kathy, I did the process, and it was so cool. I picked up different... I, I mean, I had flashes of imagery. They had no idea where that came from. Uh-huh. I had thoughts go through my mind. I could, I felt things. I had impressions. It was it was really wild. And at the end of it, guess what? The what? cats stopped scratching on the scratching post. Oh. I, I mean, they they stopped using his speakers. You know. Uh, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> so so I started playing with this, and I had some yes. really fun successes about it. And then I was working with a friend of mine who was actually well, really well known for her work with horses. 
and uh, well, and actually people and animals of all kinds. But she's uh-huh. especially good in helping horses heal from injury and trauma and accident. Mm-hmm. You know, to improve their gait and their movement. You know, uh, she can literally melt scar tissue. She can. Oh my! It, it, she's amazing. I just wow. Think she realigns the body structure. She's a cranial, uh, neurocranial muscular muscular uh-huh. ther- therapist, uh, something yeah. like that. Um, anyway, she was working with this mare, her mare named Valkyrie. Um, uh, I believe she's a, oh, I can't think, a warm blood of some kind. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so she's working with Valkyrie, and Valkyrie has this huge knot in her hip. It's larger than Charlene's fist, and Charlene's got a big hand. <laughs> it was this big knot, and Charlene was doing everything she knew to shift it, you know, to get it mm-hmm. to move and to melt and, you know, to rearrange and, and to heal. And nothing was budging. I mean, just not working. And and I'm there with her, and all of a sudden I heard the mayor say something. She had a, a comment about something we were talking about. And it was I heard it as clearly as I can hear you, Kathy. It was wow. so amazing. And I, it just kind of was one of those doing oing oing moments, you know, where your your head kind of spins and they go, whoa, wow, that's pretty cool. That was the first time that had happened. And so I wound up having a conversation with Valkyrie and with Charlene, and Charlene's asking me to ask Valkyrie questions, and I'm telling Charlene what Valkyrie says, and and (laughs) it was fun. And then at one point, Charlene thought to ask. Would you ask her about this knot in her hip? And oh my God, that opened up this whole new thing for me. It was like I was inside Valkyrie's mind. I was in wow. her body, and she took me back in time. And I experienced what had happened to her from the beginning all the way through the end. And I I knew where she was. I knew when it was. I knew who else was there. I knew what was happening. I knew what she collided with. It was a a metal gate. Um, Mm -hmm. They were trying to load her. She did not want to be loaded. Thank you very much. She was angry about it. Um, And and there was a lot more to the story, right? She was really feeling Yeah, she told it all to you. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Wow. and, uh, and so I'm translating this as quickly as I can because I mean, she's literally downloading yeah. a, a big experience, you know, with a lot of nuances and feeling and thoughts and impressions and everything else to me. And I'm sharing it and translating it as quickly as I can for Charlene. And when I finished, uh, Charlene said, number one, that she knew exactly the incident that Valkyrie was talking about. Uh, that she had been there, she she now she knew for sure. And the other thing we noted is that the knot that Charlene had been struggling with in her hip, the knot had melted. Wow! By the end of the story, that big injury was gone. It was literally over. And Valkyrie is licking and chewing, and she is very relaxed, and she feels at peace. Ah. Oh. Uh, literally, I mean, you, you know how that looks. You know, it's like I do, I the, do. Yeah, it's like the weight of the world just fell off. Her yes, shoulders, you know. Yeah. And and what we realize is that she had been carrying that trauma in yes. her body, and she didn't have any way to express it, so that we could understand. You know, and um, and so that was really 
that was the beginning, you know. Um, and so Charlene was so impressed, she started taking me with her to see her other clients. You oh, know, fun. I, I, yeah. And so I went, and I was just practicing, you know. It's, it's like, well, I, this is all new. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So cool. And so I wound up working with all kinds of health issues and behavior problems. And, you know, she took me to um, her cutting horse. Um, uh, guy, world champion cutting horse guy, uh, redneck of course, Texas redneck, and uh, he bred and trained. Uh, was well known as an excellent trainer. Wow. Um, uh, for cutting horses, and uh, his horses were fabulous. Oh my God. Oh yeah, they are amazing. Athletes. They are amazing animals, and uh, so she took me out there with her one day, and here it is. It's hot. It's dusty. You know, Danny brings out um, this horse and uh, gorgeous uh, young four-year-old stud colt who's in training and has all the potential in the world, beautiful animal. And uh, his name was Hickory, and Hickory could not be bothered uh, by the the peon humans. (laughs) He he kind of had that attitude, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, and the funny thing about Danny is that he was known for his work with stallions, especially. I mean, his stallions, his children could handle safely. You know, they were Yeah, uh, stallions, for those who don't know much about them, they can be a bit of a handful. Uh, they can be hard to handle. Um, in well, and they can be that. downright dangerous if they're... Thank you, yes. Yes. Dangerous. And Valkyrie was... Um, not Valkyrie. Hickory was one of those. You know, he, for whatever reason, and Danny had raised him. He had bred mm-hmm. him and raised him, and for whatever reason, Hickory was not getting the message. He was so so headstrong, you know. Had not he, signed up for the program, had exactly. he? Exactly. I don't agree with this. I'm stronger and I'm better, and I am only interested in the mares. Thank you very yeah. much. And uh, <laughs> that's what I'm here for. <clears throat> and so, Charlene, take me out. You got the picture, right? Yes, clearly. So, <laughs> so Charlene takes me out there, and she tells this redneck. What I can do, you know, that I can talk to animals. And he laughed and he laughed <laughs> and he was slapping his, slapping his leg. You know, he thought that was the funniest thing he'd ever heard in his life. Um, and Charlene's going, no, no, she really can't, I promise. Uh, and, and Charlene's going, test her, give her a test, see what, she, see what happens. And he, he gets this calculating, mischievous look in his eyes, you know, and he goes, all right, I've got just the thing for you. And so he points at Val, at uh, Hickory, and he says, "You tell this horse that if he doesn't straighten up and start performing and working the cows like he's been taught, and I asked him, um, then I'm going to have to geld him." He said, "I have done everything I know to do, and it works with every animal I've ever had before." And for whatever reason, this guy's not getting it, and I'm at the end of my rope with him. I'm not going to put up with it anymore. And I went, wow. (laughs) Okay. So this isn't just a test, you know. Hickory's career as a stud horse is on the line, you know. Talk about a pivotal moment. (laughs) Yeah, for me and him. And so I went, Okay, that's the challenge. That's what I'll do. And so I'm trying to communicate with Hickory, and Hickory is not giving me the time of day. (laughs) He's going, who the hell are you, and why should I listen to you anyway? I don't have any idea why, and you don't even exist. You're like a fly. Uh You're like a fly to me. I don't care. 
Um, and so I'm like, oh, no, you know, so I'm getting, I'm trying everything I know to do, and I'm failing. You know, it's like he's, he's just like blowing me off. And so I went home, and I'm like, oh, I have to make a difference here. I'm really committed to getting through. And so every day, Kathy, every day I'd go into meditation, and I would reach out, you know, with my mind and my heart and my intention, and I would try to get his attention and try to tell him. And and every day I could feel him just brush me off. You know, it's like, yeah, I don't know who you are. I don't. I, I, you haven't convinced me of anything. I don't, you know, I don't, you don't even know what you're talking about. He's just not mm-hmm. listening, just like he did with Danny, you know, his owner. And um, so that went on for a few days. And Saturday morning, I got up and I did my meditation. And I said, I've got to try this again. And so I gave it everything I had. And I reached out of my mind and I grabbed his face and I looked at him, and I let him have it. You know, I said, you pay attention. You know, this is critically important. Do you want to get cut? Do you want, you know, to literally, you know, have your balls cut off? Sorry for the family show, but do you want that? Um, and I, all of a sudden, it's like he heard me for the first time. He actually heard me. And I felt his response. It was like he went, What? <laughs> and I could feel him actually look at me for the first time. He gave me wow. full dedicated attention. And he said, what did you say? And I said, this is what I've been trying to tell you. Danny, Is this is it. This is your last chance. If you don't give him your sole attention and do everything he asks you to do, then he's cutting you, and that's it, and there's nothing you can do about it. If you ever want to have a mare in your whole life again, you better pay attention right now. The game is over. And he went, oh, my God. You know, and literally I could feel him kind of, you know, get it. I mean, it like it reverberated, you know. And I went, oh, thank God he finally heard me. And so the next week we went back out to Danny's place, and I said, hey, Danny, what happened to that stud cult of yours? And Danny said, you know, it's the funniest thing. i got to tell you what happened. He said, I was riding him in a competition last Saturday. Oh, my. And he said, we were out in the, in the, the, uh, the ran- you know, the arena, whatever they call it, the, 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 the thing with the cows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were in the, in the, in the ring. And, and he was being his, you know, uh, he was blowing it. He was, all he could think about it was whinnying at the mares, you know, calling the mares. And uh, I was frustrated. It wasn't working. And all of a sudden, something changed. And he said, I felt a shudder go through him. And Hickory turned his head and looked at me up on his back. And from that moment on, Hickory, it's like the mares didn't exist. He said, Hickory couldn't work harder for me or do he did everything I asked him to do from that point on. Uh, he said it was just the most amazing thing. And he said, we went on and we finished our competition. We did pretty well. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it was just a, a, a wonderful, you know, turnaround. And Hickory went on to, to uh, sire some fabulous horses. And, you know, I got to next year I got to meet his progeny. And <laughs> it was a lot of fun. So, uh, so. And then, so we kept going, you know, and um, 
So that was fun. It's, it's a lot more fun work with with Danny. Um, but I also got to go to a pre-Olympic trial drop competition at the Rose Palace here in San Antonio. And uh, I wound up talking to a professional trainer and his Grand Prix uh, world-class dressage horse, fabulous mm-hmm. horse. And as soon as um, as this guy um, found out what I could do, he actually grabbed my arm and he started dragging me across the arena. And he said, you have to talk <laughs> to my horse. You have to talk to my horse. And it turned out that his horse um, is perfect in practice, and then they would go, get into the show ring and the horse would mess things up. Yeah. Um, and he thought that the horse was doing it on purpose. He, he was convinced that there was something going on there. And it turned out, he, you know what, Kathy, he was right. There was uh-huh. something going on there. His, and what was going on? His horse was upset with his person. And he yeah. knew that the only time he could get away with some sassy back talk um, yep. And, to, yep, and to get him right where it hurt him was to mess up in the show ring. You know, and to and he was doing it on purpose. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, so what I wound up facilitating was an apology because he he, he was right. Uh, there were some things that were going on that he didn't, you know, that that you know that had been hurtful. Uh, that um, uh, it, it, one of his points, for example, is that he knew his job. He was very good at it, and when they were in practice. If he performed it properly and well, which he he did, he he took his work seriously. He enjoyed mm-hmm. his work, and he was good at it. And so he said that when I do it well in practice, that's it. I don't want to school it over and over and yes. over and over. I want you to say, "Well, job well done," and let's go do something else. And so that was one of his points, and he had a few others. And uh, and so. You know, they wound up, you know, the guy apologized. He said, I got it. I understand. We won't do that again. You know, I get it. And uh, the horse um, nudged him with his nose and said, okay, well then, we'll we'll go. And so, you know what? They went out and they won their competition. Excellent. Yes. And uh, so uh, this guy was a trainer, uh, worked with a lot of different um, people, uh, dressage and... um, out of Houston, had a, uh, he had a number of clients in the Houston, Texas area. And so the very next morning, very early, he called me and he said, when can you come to Houston? I have clients yes. and horses that you need to work with. And so that was really kind of how I got started. And I wound up working with other people who had competed in the Olympics. Um, I, we did some really cool stuff. Uh, so, uh, you know, and at that point I decided, you know, I have to start recouping my, you know, expenses and getting something for my time. So, <laughs> so I started working professionally and that really started my journey, you know. So, I oh. love my work. I love my clients. I love the transformation that I'm able to facilitate for them yeah. on so many levels, yeah. you know, because when we learn to communicate at the heart and the energetic level, when we learn how to really listen to others and to grow spiritually and become enlightened through our interactions with the animals who share our world, what I find is this, is that often it's a it's like an epiphany experience. You know, absolutely. Yeah. I can. Uh, it makes so much sense. Absolutely yeah. makes so much sense. Yeah. So so that's kind of how I got started. That's the short version, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just I was. 
was hanging on every word. I, there were a couple yeah. times I just wanted to like stand up and cheer when you got oh. to the to the turnaround point. There's such. Um, um, I was thinking, oh, these are great Walt Disney stories, you know, where it all ends up with the positive outcome and everybody's happy and, you know, life is good and full of love. Yeah. They're truly, truly inspiring. Yeah, yeah. And it's fun, and it's like every client, every individual has their own unique story, you know, and um, the that kind of brings me to the heart system, you know, for for how I get the results that I get. Um, so can we talk about that for just a minute? Well, what is the, you know, you started to share the heart system with me a couple of weeks ago, and then we decided we'd just do the big unveil while we're talking on the phone yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. And I am very intrigued. So, yes, tell okay. me about it. Uh, so there's a lot more to getting the results that we really want to happen with our animals. And what I've developed over the years um, is a, a five-step system to solve any problem with any animal. I call it the heart system. Uh, you know, <laughs> appropriately enough, it's the heart system. Um, you can check that out on my site at valheart.com. Um, basically, or briefly, the five key steps to solving any problem with every animal is the first step is H, and it's for hear. We have to be able to hear them. Mm-hmm. You know, I always tell people animal communication is the place to start to resolve any problem because we need to better understand what they're thinking, You know, what, what's going on in their mind. You know that what they're doing makes sense to them from their viewpoint, yes. given their experience, their history, what they've intuited, what they've picked up, you know, along the way, how they feel, all of that. They don't do what they do just like we do. We don't do it for no reason. They have a reason. And in order to start solving a problem, we need to understand it. We need to understand them, their reason, how they're feeling, what they're thinking, why it makes sense to them, what reward or payoff they're getting for their behavior. You know, because remember that behavior that persists is being rewarded in some way. Yes, exactly. Uh, right. And so we need them to tell us what's important to them. Are they in pain? Are they confused? Have they suffered a traumatic experience? What do they need? What do they really need? Right? So the place to start solving any problem is with communication. However, it's sometimes not the be-all, end-all. A lot of things will change just by communicating, which is pretty magical well, in it's, itself. Yeah, it's just your first step on the path. Thank you. It is. It's uh, it's like, okay, now that we understand each other, and by the way, part of the communication is facilitating how the person is feeling so that the animal understands it better. Right? Because sometimes... Oh. There's the information there. You know, it's like two ships passing in the night. (laughs) They understand their thing. We understand ours, but we're not connecting here. Oh, I like it even more. Yeah, so they don't know why it's important. Why is it important not to drag my person under a tree but when I'm tired of carrying them around? (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, why is it important... You know, yeah. not to refuse the fence at the last minute so that, that my person goes hurtling into it and breaks their neck. You know, I I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like jumping that fence today. 
It looks uh, a little it's funny. Just, you know, you've just no. you've just given me an answer about why something I'm doing with my horses is working. Tell me. And it, well, how fun is this? Um, you know, when um, it's time to come in at night, and I've got mud and rain, and we're making our way from the paddocks to the barn, yeah. and I I breed horses, so I have a lot of youngsters, and you know, they're all learning, and it's really hard when a young horse is hungry yep. to um, pay attention. It's, uh-huh. You know, I don't um, expect it 100% they're learning. Right. And I've been now telling people, telling my horses, when we are coming into the barn and we're going through a couple muddy places, I tell them, you have to help mom get through the mud. Yep. Help me. Yep. Help me. And they slow down. And we're not having a battle about, now slow down now, I tell them, help me out here. Mm-hmm. And without a doubt, they're all slowing down, and and we're bonded in a whole new way. Wow. And that okay. you've just explained why that is being as effective as it is. Yeah. Because I've been marveling at it. It's been like, oh, this is this is working so well. Working. And yeah, so it's not me trying to quote unquote make my horses behave. No, no. Where commu- I was, you know, it's really my need. And yeah. thank you so much. Yeah. You've turned my light bulb on right now. So I am delighted. Thank I'm you. I'm going to try and look at that for other situations. It's fabulous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, really, if you've got a horse, like a, let's say a show horse, or you're competing with a horse that's not doing as well as you think they might. Mm hmm. Then, or if you've got a situation like you just described, you know, there's something going on here that's, that needs some adjustment, you know, to keep us all safe and happy and healthy, um, then we owe it to them to give them a voice, you know, to to help them hear our voice, to really understand our, each other. Um, mm-hmm. And when we take the time to listen to what they're really telling you, we create an opening and a space for them to be willing to listen to what we're telling them, too. You know, because most of the time, what we're doing is we're in a dictatorship. You know, we're like, okay, yeah. you do what yeah. I tell you to do, and they're going, yep. I don't think so. You know, I'm going to do what makes sense to me. And by the way, you're not respecting me by not listening to me. So why do I listen to you, right? So the hearing, the H in heart, the yeah. hear is yeah. about hearing each other. Correct. That's correct. Very That's the first step. Very okay. critical first step. And when we do that, what we learn is what are they feeling if there are other unknown factors that we had no clue about. You know, that's happened more times than I can count. Mm. Um, in fact, that's one of the big things that, that communication is all about. What do we not know? Right. You know, we don't know everything. Oh, my God, help. Heavens. They know. I'll tell you who does know. They know. They know yeah. what's happened in their life. They know if they got cast in a stall. You know, they know if something bit them when they tried to do something, you know. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, um, they knew, know that the other horses don't want them to do this, you know. or Who knows? There's all kinds of stuff going on. They know if they've got a toothache. You know, they know if their foot hurts. They know if their back hurts, you know. They know when you're out of balance on their back. They do know. They, they do. They they know yeah. when you give them the wrong signals or you block. I, I, classic story. Yeah. I did this yeah. myself. I was in. I was riding my horse Taylor, 
and we were in a writing lesson, and our instructor wanted us to pick up a right canter lead. And I kept asking for the right canter lead, and Taylor kept not doing it, <laughs> picking up the wrong lead or cross, you know, cross firing uh, mm-hmm. something. And um, I was getting more and more frustrated, and our instructor was getting more upset with us. And yeah. finally, you know, the the light bulb moment it went on. You know, the light bulb went on, and I went, "Oh my God, why haven't I stopped to talk about this with Taylor?" Because <laughs> I've just been asking him to do it over and over, and yes, you know, exactly, getting my cues stronger and stronger, and he's getting more and more frustrated with me, and it's not working. So I finally stopped. We took a break. I said, "Dibbler, what the heck's going on here? You, I'm trying to get you to do a right canter lead. I know you have know how to do this. What's up?" And he said, well, your your bottom, you know, your seat bone is digging into my back. Your balance is off. You have a death grip on my rein. I can't get my head free. I can't get my shoulders free. And the only way I can go is the way I've been going. And I was mortified. <laughs> the truth is he was right. I, I was, yes. you know, you know, we are so goofy. We we think we're doing, we're asking for what we think we're asking for, and our body is doing the opposite, or exactly. it's doing something yeah. funky. And who is your better writing instructor? Who is your best writing instructor? It's your horse. They know what you're doing. They yep. know intimately what's going on with you. And if they're giving you an odd result, chances are there's something you're doing that is blocking them or stopping them or giving them a different signal than what you'd intended. So when you converse and so and so he told me and I was I apologize. Yeah, you know, I was so so sorry. I get it. So the next time we went out to, to try it again, I was very careful and I my body got the message this time. Yeah. And I lifted and allowed and we flowed and we did a brilliant right canter lead, you know. Um so unknown factors. You know, we need to know what happened from their viewpoint, where they actually hurt and if they're hurting and what kind of pain and where did it start and what helps or what doesn't help, you know. A lot of that kind of stuff a vet can't find until it's broken, you know. It, you know? Yes. Yeah, but the the animal knows. They know. They do. Um, so we have to find out. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Um so let's see. The next stage in uh, or the next step in the heart system is to evaluate. That's the E. We evaluate. Mm-hmm. We say, okay, now that we know what we didn't know, and we've conversed about it, and we have a good solid foundation that can help us avoid all the expensive guesswork. You know, <laughs> we can actually evaluate and take some action steps. So what is working, what's not working, based on what they've told us, we can evaluate their body, evaluate their management, their training program, be sure it's right for them. Um, Take the action that needs to happen to support them, um, to solve the training problems, whatever it is, to help them be healthier, um, to create more well-being, more peace, more confidence, more competence. Um, and to synchronize them, you know, synchronize you with your horse so you partner up, you merge, you become one, you know. Um, and then we have to clear the resistance because, as you know, change creates resistance, tends to. Um, it could feel risky to try it a different way. 
Yeah. I remember the same trainer that took me to Houston, he called me um, a while after that, and he said, I've got this problem, and I don't know what to do about it. He said, I've been putting out my uh, my Grand Prix horse with a young one, with a, I don't know how old he was, probably four or five years old at that point, a young thoroughbred, kind of badly mannered. <laughs> and he was putting them out to pasture together. Mm-hmm. And he said every every time they're out in pasture together, they get in fights. And they're coming in, and they're bloodied, and, you know, they've been kicked, and they've got bite marks all over them. And he said, this is unacceptable. You know, I, I this is not good behavior. I can't put them out, you know, together, and I want to. But I don't know what to do. And so I connected with the horses, and I I wound up actually mediating um, a, an argument. That they uh-huh. <laughs> it was kind of fun. Uh-huh. So it was more than just the typical uh, boys like to play hard. Exactly. It was actually an ongoing argument. Wow. And uh, And so what I did is I managed the argument, we discussed it, we negotiated, we talked about it, um, I took both of their sides, you know, and understood them both, and and then we talked about how can we solve this, because this is what your person is going to do, is not going to let y'all come out together. Do y'all want that? And they said, well, no, we like hanging together, we like each other, basically. <laughs> We're just arguing. So I said, well, can y'all agree to disagree? Uh, because here's the thing, if you don't, and if you don't promise me 100% that you guys will behave and need, will not ever hurt each other again, then you won't ever get to be turned out together again. That's just the bottom line. And they went, okay, oh, we get it now. Oh, 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 wow, we definitely want to be, you know, get to hang out together. And uh, they so they gave me their promise, and I called the guy back, and I said, okay, here you go. You can put them out together. And he said, are you sure? He said, you know, we've got half a million dollars in horse flesh out here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I have seen their fights, and they're bad. Are you certain that these horses are okay together? And I said, well, they've given me their promise, and it feels 100%. So, you know, other than that, you're going to have to, you know, either give it a try or if you know, if you're not willing to, uh, if it just feels too risky, then, you know, let me know and I'll just have to tell him. And he said, no, no, I, I get it. I, I've seen what you can do. I'll try it. I, I'll try it. And so he went ahead and put them out together. And I know it was he had his heart in his throat, you know, when he did it. But you know what? They never touched each other again. <clears throat> they were They were fine. In fact, I had given them a suggestion about how to argue so it, they did, you know, that they could get their point across. Uh, yeah, that was a, that was a better, safer way uh, that they could still get to have what they wanted, which is to get to go out together. Um, and he called me back and he said, "Okay, I get it. They're they're fine. I've been watching them. There's no problem. I don't know how you did it, but that's a miracle." So the point is, is that we have to address this the risk, and it could be the animal's risk. You know, it's like something feels risky to them, you know, mm-hmm. or fearful. You know, this this has always been a fearful thing before, are you sure it's okay? So we have to clear that. Yeah. Um, you know, yes. cause the, the truth is, is that if the animal's afraid or you're afraid, consciously or subconsciously, then nothing you do together is going to be safe or easy, right? So we've, we've got to get through that. Yes. Yeah, I have a lot of tools to help, help her to do that. 
And at the end, what we have is trust. So we've now established trust. You know, especially with horses. This is a little less true with dogs who are a lot more forgiving. Um, But a lot of horses, they look at us and they listen to us. And if we lie to them or we don't keep our promise or follow through on our word, then we have been lost their respect. Yes. And with horses, that is critical. If we are out of integrity, then we are not to be trusted. You know, so the good news is that when we work through these steps properly, then what you have is a horse that's going to love you for it. They know they can trust you. They're going to be more forgiving for mistakes. And they're going to work a lot more harder, uh, a lot harder uh, for what you know, to the best of their ability. Um, and then it's, things are way more easier, more fun. It becomes a more joyful relationship. So, and does that make sense, Kathy? It really does, and I'm so impressed. I am just completely intrigued. Awesome. It yeah. is. And these are huge results that you're describing. Yeah, I they mean, are. They're enormous results. And as you said earlier, um, you know, you can be trying and pushing and and trying to modify behavior, and it can be the most mm-hmm. uh, frustrating and painful and potentially dangerous experience. And I love everything about what you were describing. Thank you. It makes much more sense. Great. And I love the aspects of, of respect and integrity that are woven through this whole system that you're creating. Thanks. Yes, critical. Yeah. In yeah. every good relationship, we have those elements. And yes. it's no less true with our animals you know, exactly. than it is with our, our people, you know, people yep. in our lives. So um, I have a number of great gifts. I have some gifts on my site that you all might want to check out uh, that um, they're valued at over 200 bucks. It uh, If you'll go to valheart.com forward slash gifts.html, that's G-I-S-T-S html you'll see what i've got for you among other gifts you're going to get a copy of my quick start animal talk home study course it's going to give you the basics and get you started you'll also get a copy of my special report the 10 things you need to know before hiring an animal communicator and that's critical whether you want to talk to me or you want to talk to other communicator you need to know how to find a good one someone with the experience that you need that will be helpful for you. Um, you need to know how to interview them, right? Um, and you need to do to, to know what their policies are. Um, I have a, that, That's all in my special report, um, so go get that. Um, and while you're there, you can apply for a complimentary happy horse or happy animal discovery and strategy meeting, so that that's under appointments if you do want to talk to me, if you've got If you're struggling with your horse, get some help. You owe it to yourself and them to get some help, right? So say that again about the free consultation. Yeah, it's uh, under appointments on my site at valheart.com. It says uh, complimentary happy animal discovery and strategy meeting, and it'll it's it's a it's a free meeting. I want to know how and if I can help you, and. Once we've talked about your situation and what's going on and what you actually want, you know, what your goal is, what your dream is, what your vision is, um, then we can create a customized plan to get you there, you know, because my specialty is solving problems 
and bridging that gap between where you are to where you want to be. And that's true for your animal also because they also, <laughs> you know, uh, if they're in an unhappy space, then they want to be happier too. So we have to uh, create the path work to get you there. Great. Does that make sense? It does. Great. It's a great, it's a very generous offer. Thank you. I think so too. Mm-hmm. So do you have any other questions for me today or is this feel well, um, giving you a lot to think about? Well, it is a lot to think about. Um, the piece that I that I would personally be the most curious about is um, I also understand that you teach people how to be animal communicators. I do. That's a big part of what I do. The Quick Start Home Study course that's on the gifts page mm-hmm. is um, is there to help people get started. And I find that if you love animals, that you can do this. I haven't had a single student yet who was not able to. Really? Yeah, it's true. Um, So you get the Quick Start course. Um, I have a home study course. It's the world's first animal communication made easy, complete home study course. And it has um, everything you need to know about getting started. It's a very complete course. There's uh, 16 CDs. It's 160-something. 16 CDs? Mm Mm-hmm. 160-something page workbook, study guide workbook, comes with some great bonuses. That's on my site. Um, and this is this is really fun, Kathy. I have taken the home study course, and I have combined it with a live teaching experience that I'm calling Learn Animal Communication in Six Hours Over One Weekend. It's a virtual retreat, and the virtual retreat is designed to give you personal uh, support and answer your questions, and we do group exercises with live animals, you know, and also those who have passed on because we can, in fact, still communicate and reach uh, mm-hmm. animals who are not in physical form anymore. Um, and, and we go through all of that, and I just take you so much deeper into the material. Literally, by the end of the weekend, you'd be able to you're going to have the foundation for communicating with animals. You're going to know how to do it. You'll have the experience of it. And so, you know, literally in about six hours over one weekend. Um, All without traveling. Without I traveling. I can do this yes. from my home. No travel required. Isn't that cool? So it is cool. It is. So you could Especially as I look at the snow falling in immense <laughs> quantities out my window. It's like, oh, this would be a workshop I wouldn't have to cancel. Thank you. Yes, it would. And so if you've got to, uh, we teach it in a webinar style, and we actually have students all over the world. Oh, um, fascinating. In Europe, we've got Australia, we've got, yeah, I mean, they're just everywhere. Um, uh-huh. But all you need, uh, if you've got Skype, if you can, you know, click the link. There are local phone numbers, you know, for you to dial. Um, if you want to just call on the phone, but it's a fabulous course. Well, know. that is just oh, so smart. Fun. What a what a great way to offer this, so you yeah. can have people, you know, just numerous people take advantage of your information. Well, oh, you know what? Here, here's the bottom line for me, Kathy. I feel like my mission here, what I'm here to do is to help improve the lives of animals the world over. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing that by helping humans learn how to speak their language, understand their viewpoints, and heal by reconnecting with the circle of life. 
And mm-hmm. I believe that our love for animals helps us learn how to be better humans. Yes. And the more balanced and healthy we are, the better communication we have, the more balanced and healthy our animals can be too. So, you know, that's really the bottom line for me. That's why I do the work that I do. So I know the difference it makes in people's lives and in animals' lives, you know, and it, it just makes my heart sing. So. Oh, well, bless you, Val. I am so glad that you are doing this in the world, and I'm so glad we found each other um, last year at the conference and had our first big chat. Thanks. I'm delighted. Yeah. Thanks, Kathy. Oh, this has oh. been so much fun. Well, Val, it has been a pleasure. I am just so impressed with what you have to offer, and I can't wait to take more advantage of it myself. Awesome. I'm delighted because I know you can make a big difference. Once you've learned the system and you've got the foundation for opening that channel so you can hear and understand your animals, it's like your world will never be the same. It, it, and, you know, I have to say this is a spiritual journey. It's yeah. really about engaging at a very deep level with ourselves and the world around us. And when we do that, when we touch into that space, we're forever changed mm-hmm. in a good way. Yeah. So, thank you. Oh, all right. So, uh, everybody, if you want to get a, get your gifts, go to valhart.com forward slash G-I-F-T-S dot H-T-M-L. Find out more about my work if you want to apply for a complimentary happy animal discovery and strategy meeting. Be sure and do that. And uh, let's get you started because it's it's your turn. It's your turn. Your animals need you. So. Okay, Kathy, well, thank you so much. Thanks for, for being willing to chat with me Oh, today. it's just been a pleasure. You've just You've made my day. Thanks. Right. I'm going to go through the day with these wonderful stories in mind. So okay. thank you. You're welcome. All right. We'll talk to you later. Thanks. All Bye. right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.